This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Say they gon' be them Saints. Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another edition of the Houdat Discussion. As always, my name is Andrew and we are coming at you from the Vivid Seats studio. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app and save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. So now we are going to get into a jam-packed episode here at the Houdat Discussion There is a ton of news. There is obviously a whole preview for us to do with the Saints and Seahawks game coming up on Sunday. You have obviously the QB change with, you have Breeze out. We all know that. He had a successful surgery, so that's all good. He should be back in six weeks, maybe even sooner, maybe a little later. But I think six weeks is a good prognosis here. And I think that is, I guess, a good sign that everything went well. But we will not have Drew Breeze, so we're going to now have to kind of adjust here. I love the Saints' attitude here. That's the first thing I want to start off with before I even get into news. Before you can get to notes, and obviously the intriguing matchups, and obviously our, our group by group preview here, I love what the Saints' attitude is here. They're here to prove the doubters wrong. They're here to prove everybody wrong, really, at this point, because now people are saying the Saints are dumb. Drew Brees is out. They'll probably go on six. You know, they haven't won a game without Drew Brees since 2005 before he even got here. And they're screwed. And th- th- that's what people are saying. You have, obviously, your mainstream media, like Colin Coward, who just doesn't like the Saints. Stephen A. Smith, who usually jinxes the Saints anyways. So I guess it's good not to have him on our side. And then, obviously, there are others as well. But this is it. This team is ready to go. You you heard what Alan Kamara said. If they're still in contention for a Super Bowl, he said, is there a Florida Lee on my helmet? So he's ready to go. I think Teddy Bridgewater is ready for the challenge. I think Taysom Hill is ready for the challenge, which we'll get into later about if they even split snaps. That would be really interesting, and we'll talk about either side to it, really. But the Saints are coming in here. You have Sean Payton saying how he's basically kind of drooling at the fact that he's now has a chance to really prove himself without Drew Brees. I'm not saying it's not really drool himself, but he's ready for the challenge. And I think that's big to that he can now prove himself. I think he wants to say that to himself. And there will be a life after Drew Brees. Sean Payne obviously just signed the five-year extension, which I don't even think we've talked about. That's how busy we are here. But that's what it is there. It happened before the Rams game. And just since then, I mean, you have a lot of transactions. You have a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. But anyways, Sean Payton's ready to go for this team. He's ready to definitely bring this team to a good record without Drew Brees. And when Drew Brees back, get yourself in a good position. I think that's huge. Breeze not going into IR is another big thing I will get into later as well. It's just there's a lot of stuff to hear, but that's what I want to start off on. You have your attitude is right basically with everybody. And yeah, this team is not perfect and especially not perfect when you don't have your all pro QB. But 
I, I think the Saints can still come up in here and win games. I said four and two, um, it's a possibility. I said three and three is a possibility. But first, you got to go out and win this game. That's really the first thing here. Stop looking ahead. And I think that's kind of the worst thing that you can do as a team is look ahead to what we can do in these six games. Just look at what you can do against the Seahawks, and that's going to be a really tough game. Which obviously, I think the Saints are obviously going to be underdogs in, but I think they have a shot to actually win this thing. And will I pick them? Well, you'll see later. But I think they do have a shot at actually winning this thing. And in my overall season preview, you could have never even predicted this. And so completely different. I did predict the Saints to lose in this game, but a lot of different circumstances. So that's just kind of what it is there. So let's start off with some news here because there is a lot of it. And the Saints, they did sign linebacker Ray Ray Armstrong. They promoted wide receiver Little Humphrey Jordan. They moved Keith Kirkwood and Alex Anzalone to the IR, which, again, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts, and really this team's just kind of going all over the place. They um, cut Tyler uh, Taylor Stallworth, excuse me, there, and now he's back on the practice squad. They reinstated Carl Granderson to the 53-man roster. This has all happened this year, and we're going to have to get into all that. So let's start with here the signing of Ray Ray Armstrong. He has played 78 career games. He's a, really a kind of that pro's pro type player. He's been able to start. He's been able to be a depth piece for a lot of teams. But in last year, he did play for the, the Giants and the Browns. He basically play, he played a lot of special teams, but 20 tackles and with the Giants, six tackles with the Browns here he played. And I think that's pretty good. He actually started the game for the Giants in a reserve role for them. And then also he's started years with the San Francisco 49ers. He started five games and he had a pretty good year with them back in 2017 and then really so on. So he's been basically that kind of veteran that comes in here, can help you in special teams, could help you in obviously in depth piece, but he can be a player that could come up and just act as a depth player for this team, which I think is really helpful as Anzalone to IR. Once those eight weeks are up, Anzalone's ready to come back then he's probably the first one to go, but he can hold down the fort, not for what Anzalone does, but basically to what Anzal um, Kiko Alonso was doing, I'm sorry, there before the um, the injury to Anzalone. Then you have promoting Little Humphrey Jordan, which was the move opposite of the Kirkwood IR. And look, I think Little Humphrey Jordan, he can come up in here, and uh, Jordan Humphrey, excuse me there, and he could do a lot of good things. I think he can come up in here, he's plays from the slot, and he's able to definitely win contested battles. Look, he's not going to get a lot of separation. He's not that fast. But he actually showed that he could get separation and find the spot in the zone, which can actually help you get separation. That happened against the Jets and for a touchdown. And then it happened later in preseason as well in the fourth game, I believe. So overall, I think that was just a big thing for him. He showed out in the games. He showed out in the preseason game. So I think he's ready to go and really kind of be a gamer, be game ready. He's going to have to step up. He's going to probably play from right away. It's either him or Austin Carr. And to me, I'm actually more comfortable with Humphrey uh, with um, Humphrey out there than Carr. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. And that's whatever you want to say about that is kind of what it is. But I know Austin Carr had the kind of approval of Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is not the quarterback right now. So I want to see Jordan, who was able to definitely develop a chemistry with Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. So I think that's also really helpful and then finally the last move kind of both ways here was taylor stallworth to the practice squad or he was released in the practice squad and defensive end carl granderson to the 53-man roster 
months from I don't even want to go into it because we went through it a few times. But basically, he's going to be back on this team. I look. I think I told you if his off the field stuff is behind him, I think he would come out here and be a force to be reckoned with. I think he was a player the Saints got undrafted that could have went in the fourth round. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. He's a kind of type of player that Davenport was. So he's raw, but. Again, I, I think he's a good player that can come up in here in depth situations and get it done for the Saints. He probably won't be active, but let's say an injury to Trey Hendrickson will, will went down and he needs to come in. That's perfect, and that's kind of a perfect situation that he can come up in there, play a role that the Saints team needs, and I think that's big for that. So I think that's going to kind of do it for our news, kind of quick news segment, but a lot did happen here. And then also before we go into our notes, I know we usually do it in our notes, but we'll do it in the news segment just because it's a little easier, fits a little better, is the injury report. Really, all it is for the Saints is going to be Drew Brees that didn't practice, Traquan Smith that didn't practice, and then you have a few limited players, like you had Andrews Pete in limited, you had Sheldon Rankins in limited, which I think could be really big if he comes back this game, which people are saying is a possibility for the Saints. So I think that would be really interesting um, for them. You have Zach Line who was limited, and really that's it. And also Ted Ginn as well. So those guys are limited. Ted Ginn will probably play. I think Andrews Pete's going to play. Zach Line will play, I think. And then, really, Rankins is the one. Will he play? Will he not? And obviously, Traquan Smith probably won't play. Same with Drew Brees there. So that's just kind of what I'm expecting for this team. So that's really what it is for this injury report. Looking at the Seahawks injury report, because they got a big injury report here. We will get to that in the news segment. But just because this was the Saints kind of news segment, I think their injuries will fit. And then the notes will get into the Seahawks injury report as they had a big injury report so i don't really want to waste time in our new segment here we'll do it when we're talking about the seahawks but before we get into our main preview of saints versus seahawks here in week three we are going to take a quick break you are listening to the hoodat discussion podcast with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion, and now we are going to preview the Saints versus Seahawks game here, as we'll start off with our notes, as we always do. There's, again, this, there's a lot of notes here for this team. There's obviously a lot of moving parts, a lot of changing things. It's all going to be a very interesting talk here, so I think we should just get right into it, starting with the Saints as a four-point um, underdog here, which it was 4.5 earlier in the week, so it's good that it's going down, and then they also... Or have a 44.2% chance to win by ESPN's Football Power Index. That's kind of interesting. There it is at Seattle. That's always a tough place for the Saints to win, and they really haven't done that in a while. So come in there, play a good game, and you'll be able to beat them in Seattle. The weather could be an issue. It's 50% chance of rain, so may rain, may not. 
I think that would bode actually well for the Saints because that means Russell Wilson canceling the ball, and I think our running attack is better than theirs. They don't have Beast Mode back there anymore. They have Chris Carson, who is just not the running back that Beast Mode was, or the running backs that the Saints have with Kamara and Murray. So I think that would actually bode well for the Saints if the rain was pouring down. I think the Saints are a more rugged team. You would think as the Seahawks were, just if you were like a person that doesn't really think about football that much and just watches a casual game, they would think that the Seahawks would bear well just because the whole Legion of Boom, but that's not a thing anymore. So these guys, a little different. They're not, they're, I think they're a little more speedy now, a little more younger, and I think that would actually bode well for the Saints because they're players that they could they can rug out a game. You have a lot of guys in there. You have a Cam Jordan, obviously, that's going to do good against the run. You have guys like, especially if Rankins play Rankins, Onyemata, Malcolm Brown, and I think the Saints are just going to get better and better each week with the run. And then, obviously, their secondary has had trouble, so it would be nice if Russell Wilson wouldn't get big throws down the field because of the rain's pouring down. So... I think that's just kind of the thing for the Saints and the weather. The Seahawks are 2-0. They won two very close games against two not-so-good teams. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about with the Seahawks team. They're very, very beatable, and I think they're kind of due for a loss. That's why I really want to pick the Saints in this one. I don't know if I'm going to. You guys are going to see later because really right now I'm like, it's like a toss-up to me because I think the Saints are fine without Drew Brees for a few games. And I think it's really hard for the Seahawks to game plan against the Saints when I wouldn't be surprised if Taysom Hill takes the first nap of this game. And if that's someone's bold prediction out there, I'd say that could be me <laughs> because I think that's a very possible thing that Sean Payton goes out. We're going to show him wrong. Taysom Hill, read option, fake it, throw the ball deep down the field. It could happen. <laughs> Again, I don't know if it will, but it's, I think the possibility is out there for that for sure. But that's kind of just what it is there. I think that's it's, it's tough to obviously game plan against an unknown. So I think that's big here. Teddy and Taysom are going to be in for the Saints. Sean Payton did not name a QB1, so I think I don't know what that's going to show. Will it show a Taysom-heavy offense? Will it see a Teddy Bridgewater? Will it see a 50-50 split? I don't know. We're going to have to see, and I'll tell you what I think a little later, but I think we'll have to see about that there, and also, you got to look at the Saints' defensive line here, because they've played great. They did a very, very good job in the first two weeks. They have the most sacks in the league, most hurries in the league and pressures in the league so i think that's obviously really big again that's going to help the saints to victory if they can get that fumble and let's say the refs don't call back i think that's huge for the saints if they get turnovers they will win this game get russell wilson to run around make him to make quick decisions it's gonna be tough for him especially in the rain i think that could be very very big there i think really when you're looking at it this secondary is a good game for them to step up you're playing young receivers. You're playing receivers that are really not kind of a worse version than like the Houston Texans. You have obviously a guy like Tyler Lockett with Will Fuller are kind of equal. And then you have a guy like DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, they're not the same, but they play the similar ways. And I think it's just a worse version in maybe even both cases. I don't think, I mean, Tyler Lockett's a good player, but he's, and he's better than Will Fuller. But I think overall, they have a, they, this receiving core is much worse than the one they played against the Texans and the one they played against the Rams. So I think that's going to help the Saints secondary a lot. And it's going to silence some critics who really were talking about Eli Apple and Marshawn Lattimore not playing well. And obviously guys like Marcus Williams, because people are really going to Marcus Williams back, which again, he made a huge pick in the first game. And I, I got to agree with Deuce Windham here. He said that he makes some great plays and some really bad plays. That's kind of the player he is. And again, I think that's confidence. And I think that can get better throughout his time with the Saints. But Again, he's going to have to get over the no-call at some t- not the no-call, the Minnesota, Minnesota Miracle at some point, and that's going to be big for him. So I think that's just kind of what it is with Marcus Williams. But I do think this is a big game for the Saints. Secondary here to come in, play better against the Seahawks receiving core. 
And also the last Saints QB to win a game, besides Drew Brees, was Aaron Brooks back in 2005. Just wanted to throw that fact out there. So let's see if Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill will be the first starter to do that. Maybe it'll be both of them. I guess that will just be yet to be seen. So that's kind of a good connection, really, into our intriguing matchups. And our first intriguing matchup, I think, is the biggest one here. And it's not technically a matchup, but I this is the way you, this is the place that you put it. And um, that's going to be here the Teddy, Taysom, or both. And look, this is my opinion on it. You don't have to agree with it. But I would like Teddy to be named the starter. Or Taysom to me. Whoever it is. Taysom, Teddy. I prefer Teddy, but that's just kind of what it is. Teddy Bridgewater, he needs confidence. Same with Taysom Hill. Whoever you're starting is going to need confidence. Might as well just name him the starter. And then if you want to throw Taysom Hill with the read option, more, even more than he did with Breeze, maybe it's 30% of the time, maybe it's 25% of the time, then do that. And maybe I understand why you don't want to name it and you just want to – or maybe you are saying in your own facility that Teddy's starting this game and Taysom's going to be just a little – kind of whatever it is. I think that you have to just go out there with confidence and if it's private, that's fine and whatever. I'll never know that. So it doesn't really matter to me, but it's got to either happen to private or public, whatever it is. I want the Saints to be named Teddy, that he's the guy or Taysom the guy or whatever it is. I, again, I'd rather have Teddy, but that's just my opinion here. So really that's kind of what it is for me and it's going to be big. Now, it is very intriguing to have both these quarterbacks in theory. You obviously have Teddy Bridgewater, the more the guy that's not going to throw the pick. He's not going to take a big risk. And you have the guy that takes him basically the complete opposite guy that's going to be basically reckless, going to run the ball and make a play when he thinks he needs to. Maybe he'll rush that play if needed. That's going to be Taysom Hill. Now, obviously, if you're Sean Payton, you want to be the mad scientist here and try to concoct something that works. You take the best of T Teddy and the best from Taysom and you bring it together. And if that could ever happen, that's amazing. Yeah, and in theory, that's amazing. But the likelihood that you can do that on the road in Seattle with not being in your own building is going to be very difficult. I'm not saying that Sean Payton can't do it. I'm just saying it's going to be harder. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and he's going to throw out Teddy there 85% of the time and just taste him hill, whatever he needs to do. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking. It's going to be hard to do on the road. It's going to be hard to be revolutionary on the road. Now, if you want to set a basically a playbook to Teddy Bridgewater and just have him run that, fine. That's good. Make a, a plan for him. That That's doable. You make a plan for Taysom. If he's if you want to start him 80% of the time or 100% of the time, play Taysom, that's fine too. But making 50-50 or whatever you're trying to do here, I don't know what they're trying to do. I really don't. I don't think any of us know what we're trying to do. That's why I want to see this game so badly. That's why I'm looking at my watch every few hours to see when is it game time because I want to see what this team can do. And without Drew Brees... With Drew Brees, obviously, we kind of know what they are. You know, they're going to beat you. They're going to try to beat you on offense, and they'll try to get a few turnovers on defense. And while the offense is doing good, the defense is going to thrive as well. That's kind of what it is. Now it's going to have to be a different team. So I don't know what's going to come out of it. Maybe they'll try to run the ball with Kamara a lot. Maybe they'll try to play with Teddy, kind of spread it out. We'll see. Or maybe they'll play with Taysom and do a lot of read option. I'm, I'm just, I want to see what they do. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying, look, for me... I'd rather have just the pro-style offense because our team is kind of used to that already for the last few weeks and practicing in that. I think that's helpful, especially with young guys and stuff like that. And then you're bringing in Taysom, which is a completely different offense. You're playing a read option, and it's just it's different. You want to set that up over the next two weeks to get Taysom in the game? Fine. If you want to just implement the Taysom package as it is and maybe just put a few more plays in there, fine. And 
I would like to see that. I would like to see a 80-20, 75-25. I don't really want to see a 50-50. I don't know what Sean Payton has in store for us, to be honest with you. I do not know. I, this is the first time in a very long time in my Saints fandom or even doing this podcast where I just don't know. I can't tell you guys. I'm sorry. I just can't tell you what's going to happen here. And look, I can have my opinion and what I think is right, or I can try to predict something that Sean Payton's going to do. But really, when it comes comes down to it, it doesn't really matter what I think. It matters what Sean Payton thinks. It matters what this team thinks. It matters what Teddy Bridgewater does on the field and Taysom Hill. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking. I would love to see Teddy in there 80, 75% of the time. Bring Taysom in for some big plays, short yardage situations. Throw the deep ball off the read option. I'd love to see that. But that's kind of just what I think he's got to do. Teddy Bridgewater, which I would love to talk about a lot. I'm going to get to get to it in the quarterback segment when our group by group preview happens. But I want to see what they kind of did in the Minnesota for them and what they did in New York and what they did in the preseason with the Saints this year. So I just want to see more from that. And we'll get into that a little later. But now we are going to move over to our next matchup here. And that's going to be Russell Wilson, excuse me, there versus our front seven. Our front seven has been one of the best in football to start off this year, especially against the the blitz and stuff like that. We've been good on the blitz and we've been able to do really good with our D-line, win the trenches. Now, can we do that against a very good quarterback in Russell Wilson? And can we contain him? Can we stop the big plays? And I think, look, I think the Saints are going to contain Russell Wilson to a certain extent. I don't think he's going to go off for 42 points or 35 points. I think they're going to stay within 30 points. So that's kind of just what I'm thinking. I think the defense will do a relatively good job with stopping Russell Wilson. Look, he's going to make some plays that are just good plays because he's a good QB. Probably what people say about the Saints when they're talking about Drew Brees. He's probably going to make some plays. We all know that. He's a great QB. But I think we can stop him enough. I think we're going to be able to contain him pretty easily. We have Marcus Davenport, who's a really athletic guy. He's been able to contain uh, quarterbacks in the past. Same with Cam Jordan. So you have contain on the edges. It's going to probably be pretty good. Up the middle, hopefully, if you're going to get Rankins back, that's great. But if not, you have Onyamata in there, who's playing good football right now. I really like what he's doing and progressing. Really good job by him. And then Malcolm Brown just still getting acclimated with this defense. And eventually, he's going to click fully. Because right now, he's clicking on the pass. And he's eventually going to click on the run. And that's going to be really tough to beat. So that's just kind of what I'm looking at there. And I really want to see this front seven thrive. I think it will thrive against Russell Wilson. I think it's a good matchup for them. And that's why I think they'll stay within that 30-point range. I'll think that, I, I think they're going to stay within 25 points. So I, that's just what I'm thinking there. And then moving over to our last matchup, it's going to be Davion Clowney and Ziggy Ansah versus you have obviously Ramchek and Taron Armstead on the tackles. And again, very interesting here. You have Ramchek and Taron Armstead have played very, very good in the first two games. Will that continue here? I think it will. You can leave him probably one-on-one. You'll be fine, especially Ramchek. I, I would, I mean, look, it's probably going to be Taron Armstead on Clowney, and then you'll have Ramchek on Ziggy Ansah, which again, I think that's fine. You should use a little chipping, but mostly one-on-ones probably should work. If it doesn't, have a plan too. But I, I think the Saints will be able to stop them just like they did J.J. Watt. If you're able to stop J.J. Watt on the edges, I think you're in good shape. The Saints had trouble up the middle, and they did have a, up the middle trouble last year as well against the Rams with Aaron Donald. He blew up a lot of plays last year, and it continued to this year. Seahawks do not have that type of player up the middle. So I think the Saints will be fine with the offensive line. And I think they'll give Teddy or Taysom, whoever it is, a lot of time to throw. And I do think that the Saints will be able to, I think, score a touchdown in this game here. So with all those intriguing matchups, with all the notes, let's just get into it. 
group by group preview starting off with quarterbacks we go through quarterbacks skill position offensive line defensive line linebackers secondary special teams coaching that's our groups here so let's start off with the quarterback with Taysom Hill Teddy Bridgewater versus Russell Wilson and I think this is I think the first time ever that I'm gonna go with the opponent's quarterback and I'm gonna take Russell Wilson in this one over the Saints again easy pick probably but Obviously, that's a little bittersweet for the first time. I'm going to go with another team for the quarterback position. Usually, I'm taking other teams on defense and stuff like that. But Russell Wilson, look, he's a good player. He comes in here with being just an elite talent, really. He's almost got 500 yards passing through two games, which obviously isn't even to start how good he's been for this team. He leads this team in here. He's got five TDs passing the ball. That's really big. He's been able to make plays basically he's a playmaker and he's going to make deep throws he's going to make short throws he's going to be able to scan the field he's going to be able to go to different quarter um wide receivers go through his progressions very well and i think overall look he's a very good qb he's doing what he's got to do here he's got a 78 percent completion percentage that's very very good here no pick so far to this point and he's just an extremely just good player he kicks carry the ball he's throws the ball deep, takes calculated risk. He's overall a very good quarterback, probably top five. If not, then he's like top seven. Then you have Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, which hadn't started the game in their career with Taysom Hill, and Teddy Bridgewater hasn't started the game since 2015. So who are you going to pick? I mean, that's kind of just the way it is. Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in here, I think, and not try to beat Russell Wilson. I think that's kind of what we have to talk about here. So I think what Teddy Bridgewater's got to do, which I told you guys I was going to get into my game plan, what I would do for Teddy, and I was watching the Vikings game when he was on the Vikings against the Seahawks in the playoffs when he um, when they lost in the Blair Walsh field goal, so he brought them down to win that game. But that defense was much better than it is now, and what they were doing, they were first of all, they had converted a lot of third downs. In the red zone, they weren't good in the red zone, but let's just keep it between the t- 20s for right now. They were good with committing third down, um, Bridgewater definitely relied on Kyle Rudolph and then also his star receiver with Diggs and Thielen, star receivers, I should say. And then also they were able to run the ball, or they were at least leaning to run the ball. Those are the kind of their successful points in the defense. They were able to run play action, then offense, I meant. They were able to run play action, control the clock. They were able to do a lot of good things in that game. I know they didn't win, but they were in position to win, and I think that was obviously really big. Then you're looking at what Teddy Bridgewater does best. If I'm the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater starting this game, you got to start off spacings. You got to start off with kind of just short routes, that slants, stuff like that, out routes, in routes, just to get him warmed up. Get him in a rhythm. And look, if they're giving you that, that's great then. Keep on doing it. Run the ball, set up a play action, take a shot. That, that's what they got to do. And I think that's the way you win this game. And you play position, play field position when needed. You don't allow Teddy to do too much. And if you want a big play, let's say you have a third and five, bring in Taysom, play some re-option. Play some, you know, as just basically schoolyard game here. You know, get Taysom, he'll pick it up for you. He's going to try to run over a guy anyways. So I, I think that's the way you, you do it if you're the Saints QBs. You don't have to outplay Russell Wilson. You don't have to come in here and do reinvent the wheel. Come in here, complete a lot of passes, have positive plays, not a lot of penalties, and we'll win this game. And th- that's just what I think. Last week was a debacle, and they were in the game for most of the game. That's kind of what I have to say here. And then in the red zone, you got to convert in the red zone. I think that's a big thing. And that's why that game was 10-9. I 
it was the only reason it was 10-9 it was because the Vikings couldn't move the ball in the red zone. So if the Saints are able to, in the red zone, convert for touchdowns with Teddy Bridgewater, they'll be in great shape to win this game. I don't know if that's going to happen, and that's why that's really the uncertainty part. But if I'm the Saints, that's what I try to do. And that's kind of what it is there. But I'm, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson here for the Seahawks and the QB position. Moving over to the skill position players, I'm going to take the Saints here. Again, looking at the Seahawks skill position players, you're not looking at Machu. Chris Carson, Brashad Penny are your running backs, which, again, to me, not that good. Obviously, we'll take Alan Kamara and Latavius Murray. They have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, David Moore, who may play, may not play. We'll have to see. And, again, that's kind of interesting there. You have Tyler Lockett, who I think could get shut down by Lattimore, really even Eli Apple here. DK Metcalf, he's a rookie, and I don't think he's going to really have a big impact in this game. I think they'll probably match him up one-on-one with Lattimore, and I think Lattimore can really shut him down in this game. And David Moore may play, may not play, but overall, again, even though the Saints with Traquan out and most likely out, and then also Keith Kirkwood out, again, they have Mike Thomas, they have Alvin Kamara, they have Jared Cook, who I think will have a better game in this one. And then also you're looking at guys like Ted Ginn, who had a big first game, I think that these guys will be able to step up, and I think they are better than what the Seahawks got out there. Looking at the tight ends of the Seahawks, you're looking at Will Disley, nothing good. Nick Vanette, again, that's kind of just what they're looking at. Dixon went on IR, so that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. Saints definitely get the skill position. Moving over to the O-line, again, I do think that the Saints win this. Saints have one of the best O-lines in the league. When you're looking at the Seahawks online, look, it's not bad. You had, obviously, free agent signing Mike Lupati in there. I think he can be a player. Or Eopati. I don't know the pronunciation for his name. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong for sure there. But, again, you have DJ Fluker, who questionable, may play, may not play. So I think that's going to be very interesting there. You're going to see guys like Jermaine Ifedi here kind of guys you don't know Dwayne Brown's a good player solid player not a great player but he's solid again you're looking at Saints with Teron Armstead you're looking at guys like Ryan Ranchek as we've said up the middle I think they're still fine up the middle hopefully Pete plays if Pete doesn't play then we'll obviously gonna probably see we'll clap Nick Easton I don't even know because what's the point of I mean that Nick Easton signing could be really bad if he comes in here and doesn't even play when you have guys like Pete out that's really not good but again, I expect Pete to play and that not to be a problem there. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. And then also the Saints, I think Eric McCoy, even it's going to be loud and stuff like that. I don't think it's going to face him. I think he's a good player that can do a lot of good things. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. Larry Walford, Pro Bowler, I think he'd come in there and do the same thing. And really, like the Saints have perennial Pro Bowlers and the Seahawks, even though it's not a bad, it's not a good old line for sure, but it's not like the worst ever. And they don't have any Pro Bowlers. So that's kind of just what I'm looking at with this team. So, again, I think the Saints have the edge there. Moving over to the defense, defensive line. They obviously have Jadavion Clowney. They have Zeke uh, Ziggy Anza. Besides that, nothing really much up front. They got Al Woods and Pona Ford in their three-tech and one-techs. Again, nothing great for them. Average, I'd call their defensive line. I think Jadavion Clowney is their elite player. Then after that, Ziggy Anza is so unpredictable. You don't know what you're getting out of him. I would have liked him more as a three guy on the Saints, so he's their two guy. So that's kind of just showing what what they're doing 
um, on their defense. And then you have Al Woods, Pona Ford. Again, I don't think they really stack up to Onyemata and Butler. I think they're a little better. But, again, that's kind of just what you're looking at there. Jadavion Clowney, Cameron Jordan. I'm going to go Cameron Jordan. And then on the outside, I'm going to take Trey Hendrickson and Davenport out there playing right now instead of Zeke Anza. So, I'm taking the Saints defensive line. They're playing like the best in football, and I think that could continue. I think it should continue, not could. I think it should continue into the week three here. Moving over to linebackers, I'm going to take the linebackers from the Seahawks. I mean, they have some really good players. They have Micah Hendricks. They have Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. Those players can come up and play. They're really good players that make plays. They'll stop the run. They'll be the guys that you'll have to – it's really that second level with the Seahawks. If you can do good in their first level – then you got to beat the second level. I think this is going to be a big matchup. This wasn't my top three, but it's definitely in there. Kamara out of the backfield against these guys. I think that's going to be really big to, in this game against Derek Cook. We're going to see what these guys have in them here. So, again, they have a really good linebacking core. We'll go with the Seahawks here. Saints linebacking core we thought was going to be a huge strength. They lose Angeloni. They've underplayed to this point. We'll see what they can do now. Coming up here, third week, maybe they just need a little time to get the chemistry together. Maybe they have a big week this week. We'll see, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks here with their they have perennial pro bowlers. They have all pros there. They're a good group there. Moving over to the secondaries, both aren't very, very good. Both are in the bottom 10 in the league right now. So I'm going to go push. That's kind of just what I'm looking at here. Maybe the Saints a little higher because they are a little higher on the list, but I think I'm going to go push here, especially how bad the Saints are playing. Their cornerbacks are Shaquille Griffin, only second-year player, and then also Trey Flowers. Again, nothing great there. Their second, their uh, safeties, excuse me, there is Bradley McDougald, uh, Tedrick Thompson. Again, nothing great. So I think they, Saints can really come up in here, do some really good stuff, and they're I think with Bridgewater or Teddy um, or Taysom, they'll be able to pass the ball. And again, it's an easier secondary to play than the. Rams, they don't have a Weddle, they don't have a you know, Akeem Tlaib. I think that's going to help the Saints in a big way there. So push, because, I mean, look, I, I think Lattimore, if you're looking at this team, I would love to see Lattimore play very good, Apple play very good. You have guys like P.J. Williams. It just hasn't been there. It just has not been there. And when you're trying to get a team together here and you're trying to get the secondary in order, who do you put it on here? And I think, look... This is a game where they got to step up. They got to make. They have to make plays. They have to make picks. I think this is the. If they're going to do it, it's going to be now because they're going to have to. So I think Lattimore is going to shut down DK Metcalf. I think Eli Apple will hold his own against Tyler Lockett with help. And I'm just hoping they don't play Marcus, uh, Marcus Williams like 40 yards off the ball. Please don't play a little more aggressive. And you know if he can't cut it, then he shouldn't be playing. That's kind of just the end of the story for me. I think if we put him in the situation, I think he would thrive. So I, I just want to see him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him succeed. I don't want to see him just get put back and forty yards play conservative. I, that's not what this defense is about. So I think we should go up there and really do good. If we want to put him twenty yards or fifteen yards uh, from the ball, then you just give him some help with Von Bell if needed, or play a three safety set and put Von Bell in the box and then move Saquon Hampton in there. Again, another possibility. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. I, I really want to see the Saints secondary thrive today or on Sunday. I think this could be a big game for them. And special teams and coaching, I'll take Will Lutz and Thomas Morstead really over anybody. Their kick return, punt return, Tyler Lockett's going to obviously be better than our rookie Deontay Harris. But overall, I'll take our special teams unit. Coaching, I'll go Sean Payton. 
Again, I think Pete Carroll's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. He'll get his team ready to play here. But I think Sean Payton will too. And I think this this may be the biggest coaching group yet. If Sean Payton can outcoach um, Carroll here in a big way, we may see a lopsided game. So that's just kind of what I'm ex- not expecting, but it's kind of what the game I think is going to go through there. So if, if Sean Payton can have a really good coaching day, outcoach Pete Carroll, I think the Saints have a good chance at this one. But now over to my final score. Even though that the Saints do win this battle, I think 4-2 to two is the final. 4-2 to two with a push. But I'm going to take the Seahawks here in this one, 24-20. to 20. Again, I don't think the Saints, I think they'll get a few field goals. I think they'll get two field goals, two touchdowns, and not putting in the end zone I think will be the difference in this one. I think Russell Wilson will probably make a play at the end of the game, and he'll probably win this one in a final drive scenario for the Seahawks here. That's kind of just what I hope I'm thinking of. Not hoping for it, but that's what my brain says. My heart says the Saints are going to go out and win this game like 27 to 17, but I just don't. Again, I think the defense will play very good early. I think that the Saints will be in it the whole game. I just think that in the end, I think the Seahawks will come out on top there, play right around the spread and the push. So that's kind of just what I'm thinking. So, guys, look, again, but this shouldn't bring down the morale of the podcast. Open mind in this game. I don't know what we're going to see. We may see the successor to Drew Brees tomorrow, or on Sunday, I should say. We may see him. We may see a guy that could come up in there and he can control this team. Or we'll see that we have a big gaping hole and we'll have to draft someone. But it's going to be tomorrow, or going to be on Sunday. It's going to be obviously a big game. Again, no expectations right now for this team. I want to see what they can do. I think that kind of makes it hard, though, on Pete Carroll and that team, too. So we'll all see it there. And with all that said, I think it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you enjoy what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you could follow us on Twitter at the Houdat This, on Instagram at Houdat Discussion. We're going to start posting on there, guys, just to let you guys know. So definitely follow on Instagram as well. And then also subscribe to anywhere you listen to your podcast. That means iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of that fun stuff. But overall, guys, here, I think this game is winnable. Will the Saints win it? I think that's going to be up to a few things. I think there are a few variables. How good the defense plays. Are they able to make turnovers? Obviously, the play of Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill and the coaching of Sean Payton are going to be the three major things. I think that's going to be big. And obviously, you cannot get behind the sticks and penalties and stuff. I think that's going to, that's a guarantee. We didn't even talk about it that much. Play a clean game. I think, look, if the Saints lost this game 24-20 to and they didn't have a lot of penalties, no turnovers, they just didn't have it or they missed on the final drive, I'd say at least I'm happy about the performance. We played a clean game. That's kind of all you can expect here. Play a clean game, play Saints football, and I think we'll win. So that's just kind of what I think there. But with all that said, I want to say thank you. I still say and finish the deal. We're not done yet, guys. And who dat?